from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Happy, happy, fresh Friday's Eve to all of you. Tomorrow's going to be a fresh Friday. I love it. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us on the G and Ursula show. You're hearing my voice first because G is out today. Angela Poe Russell is in. It's been a fun two hours. I just can't believe like time is. It's a really good sign when time flies, I think. For sure. And you saw, you see how engaged our listeners are. I love it. I I love it. It's like, it's not just us in the room talking, but it's all of us talking. We are almost like having this big community forum. Uh, Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line is where you can text us with your feedback or your thoughts on any topic that we discuss. 888-973-5476, cairo And if you missed any part of our show, uh, make sure that you listen to our podcast, which is available about a half hour after we wrap up at noon. And you can hear us on every platform that you normally would listen to. Uh, podcasts. But let's get to it. It's time for us to agree to disagree. Brought to you by Guardian Roofing and Gutters. One of these days, we just got to take off the gloves. Just really go at it. Rachel Dolezal, the former head of the NAACP Spokane chapter who was outed in 2014 for pretending to be black and fired from the organization, has now been fired from a Tucson area school for promoting her OnlyFans page on her public social media account. Dolezal, who was going by the name Nkechi Diallo, was working as an after-school instructor at the Catalina Foothills School District. The district says she explicitly violated their public social media policy and has now been let go. Ursula, what are we to make of this woman? Your thoughts on this situation? She has become the butt of many jokes, and I I understand that, that she put herself in the limelight, became notorious for what she did uh, when, again, as a white woman who claimed to identify as black and was actually the head of the Spokane NAACP. But if I'm going to be honest, I feel sorrow for her. Mm -hmm. I feel sad. I feel like this is a woman who really is lost. And, you know, a lot of people might feel like, they were duped by her, and I can understand that as well. But I mean, to to go from where you um, were pretending to be somebody that you were not, and then you're trying to capitalize on that notoriety and doing this OnlyFans thing. Which how many times are we doing stories on OnlyFans? I know like, there there's uh, there are a couple of layers to the story. I know, <laughs> but. Um, and I know that you listened. She apparently did a TED Talk. She did a, a TED Talk that, believe it or not, people did not want it posted. And so she started a change.org petition. And she didn't get enough signatures, but but TED felt, Ted, Ted felt like. <laughs> the TED Talk folks felt like, you know, it was important to have that discourse. So if you want to find it, it's a little tricky, but I think if you type Rachel Delazal's name, uh, University of Idaho TED Talk. It's it's there, and it, I actually listened to it, and it kind of made her human, which was because so often we can dehumanize folks through the headlines and all the memes, and but it was good to just hear from her. I think the main thing that's so interesting about this is that her new name is actually of African origin. It's Nigerian. 
Um, so I'm like, gosh, she's digging in on on this. And she obviously can have that. But I'm saying in slight of her past, she is going in saying this is what feels right for me. And then there is the issue of should teachers be able to have OnlyFans accounts and be able to keep their jobs? And chef, you know how I felt about this issue. I've been like, nope, you deal with kids. Da, 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 da. But there is hope. People can have a change of mind. Mm. I decided to ask the next generation. I went to my daughter. I said, hey, how do you feel about teachers who have an OnlyFans? And her immediate response was, how about we pay them better? And <gasps> how about you focus on that and less on firing? She said, at the very least, have a discussion with them. Let it be like a, a, a resigning thing where they're not immediately losing their income and whatever the policy is. And I was like, you know what? I I can... I, I might be softening well, a bit on this topic. I love the, your daughter's mm. response. How about we pay them more? But <laughs> I do think that it still could potentially be a big fat distraction. Um, and it, with the, you know, so I understand your initial sentiment as well. Oh yeah. But I, I've got one other question, and I definitely want to hear Chef's take on this. But I, I want to go back to the original. Her identifying as black. I mean, she went all in. She has changed her name. And I think it just in discussing it this morning, you mentioned that there are people or at least one person that, you know, is it possible that someone really buys into this idea? There, there was a story about someone who said, I feel like I'm Filipino, so I, I identify as Filipino. It's something I definitely don't personally understand. But you listening to her TED talk, she talked about when she was a little kid how she would always draw this brown girl with curly hair and people would make fun of her. And and she just, for some reason, like attached to this little girl and felt like that was her. I can tell you, and this is a joke I've had in my circles, that there are some people in my universe that we've talked about. Are we sure they're not? like Because they just so connect with various aspects of the culture. Right. And they even... You know, but they don't go as far as she you know, did. I mean, she, she was did, duping a lot of people to take advantage of a lot of benefits. Yeah. Connecting yeah. with the part. culture yeah. is you can connect with the culture, but then you know, Just yeah, she take yeah, on don't. The whole, if, if she was at the NAACP. She was the right. head of it and just didn't tell and anyone. Was having you know. very dark makeup put That's on. Very di- I, I don't know. I, I think different. there's something kind of pathological yes. about her. And yes. Ursula, I agree that she is a tragic figure. Yes. Uh, I actually have to say, if you're working in a public school district, you, you shouldn't have your this. If this is private to you, right? If somebody has to dig this up, if somebody has to pay money and find out, oh my gosh, this lady is the teacher at my school. That's one thing, and I don't think you should be fired for that because you're basically looking in someone's bedroom window to find out what's happening indoors. We don't have a problem knowing that our married teachers are engaging in intimate relations in their off time, right? The fact that you know that this woman is engaging in explicit activity shouldn't have a bearing on your kid's education, but when you advertise it on your public social media account, I think that's a huge difference. That being said, your daughter has a great point because she was making $19 an hour Mm. as an after-school instructor. And what is a woman to do in the United States of America when she becomes virtually unhirable in any other profession? Traditionally, the path has been to turn to sex work 
for many, unfortunately, and I think, frankly, Rachel is in that position. She has a famous name, and she's virtually unhirable. Yeah, what do you do with that fame? Well, there's one avenue that's open to us right now in the United States, and you know what? She's probably going to be better off for it, because I'm going to bet there's more than a few folks who click that subscribe button after reading the story. One of our listeners wants, uh, for investigative purposes, for us to share that OnlyFans link. I, I think you can probably figure it <sighs> yeah. out yourself. Yeah. And I, can I just say this? I feel <laughs> no, bad because no. someone texted. They were like, what is a TED Talk? And I feel bad because I didn't think TED Talk, it's, I, I, how do you describe it? They're basically these Pep speeches <laughs> and uh, experts and various issues can give like, they, have, they give you a time limit, like 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm to give this speech on a specific topic. And so there might be scientists or, you know, social workers, people from all walks of life, people who've worked in the prison system. And it's about exchanging ideas. You just exchange ideas and listen to other people's perspectives. And TED stands for Technology Entertainment Design. So three very broad subject areas. Yes. All right. Moving on down south. uh, Two of the country's best high school cornhole players are among (laughs) the first students to receive athletic scholarships for throwing a beanbag stuffed uh, cloth into holes in wooden boards. So on National Signing Day, Gavin Heyman and Jackson Remick pledged their skills and a- academic integrity to Winthrop University in North Carolina and will receive among the first scholarships covering half their tuition for cornhole in the nation. Uh, Angela, what do you think about athletic scholarships for cornhole? I think it's awesome. Anybody that can get a discount on college tuition in 2024, however you get it, I'm here for it. <laughs> Ursula just buried I, I her might face get my hands. daughter to start training. Like, let's start training right now. <laughs> as much as I agree with you on college being way too expensive and we need to find other avenues and ways to bring down the cost for more students, cornhole as a scholarship program. Athletic scholarship, yes. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to go with cornhole should remain a game that you play when you probably had a I don't say had a few drinks because I'm not advocating that either but I think of frat parties my backyard and um, just uh, picnics when I think of cornhole but the technique that it takes <laughs> the arm strength it like to be able to give it enough power but enough precision okay it's probably right up there with uh, like uh, curling golf. for me okay you know what? I think this is fantastic. I think more universities should do this. In fact, Wazoo should start doing cornhole scholarships instead of football scholarships. Because what is happening at this small university is they're saying, you know what? We're seeing a growing national trend. We want to attract students to our university. We see the popularity of cornhole. There's professional cornhole leagues now. So Are what there if we, really? Well, why not? Yes. Yeah, why not? If there's pickleball, why Absolutely. not Absolutely. There should be pickleball scholarships. There should be cornhole scholarships, and Wazoo should take part. And, and here's why. Wazoo Athletics, according to their student newspaper, is in debt to the tune of $240 million, largely based on paying for their football program, which cannot pay for itself. Oh, what? Yes. According to their student newspaper, $100 million, they owe uh, the university more than $100 million, and outside funders at least $140 million. Nearly a quarter of a billion dollars. And, and like competing in football, competing in college basketball. I'm sorry, if you're a smaller university, even if you're a state school, why even try? Why even try? Like cornhole? Great. 
You know what? It's not going to be a drain on the university. You give kids a half scholarship. What's the issue? I see no problem whatsoever. Yeah. Okay, Why are you Dave, laughing? I'm just laughing because David Snohomish <laughs> County is calling me out. Come on, do your research. They are pro. There are pro cornhole players, and it's on TV. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, did it's you kind of cool? And did you know there are ultimate frisbee scholarships now too? I know someone who got I an ultimate it. frisbee college scholarship. So, you know what? Why not? You might you might be changing my mind on this. See? And you if know what? I can parents, change. Oh, go ahead. Think about this. Parents are spending $10,000 a year on like select travel leagues for their kids. How much do you have to spend to put a wooden board in your backyard and own a beanbag? Nothing. Nothing at all. The cost is zero. The the amount of competition is small. Your odds of getting in are way better than trying to fake it with, you know, a a lacrosse scholarship. Now Now, you're talking. Josh in Kirkland, though, says if we're going to give scholarships for cornhole, we better do it for beer pong, too. Beer pong. You know what? That is athletic. It takes stamina. You have to build up. Maybe we shouldn't encourage that, actually. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, beer pong with water. How about that? There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's move on here. Elon Musk's new cyber truck, supposedly made of all stainless steel, impenetrable by arrows. Is apparently not made of stainless steel because some of those trucks are starting to rust out in the rain. I was going to ask you both what you would think about a guy you see driving around a cyber truck, but Ursula, you made a shocking admission this morning. I did. What is a cyber truck? What is a cyber? It's it's an all electric truck that's created by Elon Musk. It's very angular, all silver. I'm looking it comes at in it one now. color. Yes, they're just starting to be released. I believe you can go check them out at a Bellevue showroom, uh, and they're very, very, very spendy. Yeah, so uh, to the tune of what? Quarter million dollars? How much are they? No, I mean, you're, you're talking over 100 When I see, by the way, as I was driving on I-90 the other day, when I said I got hit just where the uh, roads narrow, uh, the, the lanes narrow mm-hmm. by Mercer Island, and someone hit me, um, I wasn't hurt, but... Right before I got hit, I did see this beautiful, beautiful sports car being towed. And my immediate reaction was, "Who's you know, who drives that? What kind of person is that? I mean, I, so I would imagine that if I see a, a Tesla Cybertruck, which does, it'll get your attention. I'm going to guess that is a person who really needs a lot of attention. <laughs> so what you're saying is you judge people by what they drive. Well, I get judged by driving my Subaru Outback. By G, not by anyone else. Yep, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to, to pretend that we don't. That's true. That's true. All right, so what's the exact question? What would be, so I can answer that. It's largely men that are buying these. What would be your impression of a man you see driving around in a cyber truck? I'd say he's an Elon Musk sympathizer. (laughs) <laughs> what does that mean? It means like, because I, for me, the whole Tesla, like anything with Elon Musk, I just. You soured on the man? I have long gone, long ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> long ago. What about so, a Cybertruck versus somebody that owned uh, a three-wheeled sports car? Like a cross between a motorcycle and a Ferrari. Because G used to own one of those. Uh oh. You know what's, what I was going to say, honest? I'll keep it a buck. It's all context, right? Is this a person with a jabillion dollars? Yes. Yeah. So this is just another, like, toy. it's a toy. But if you're a person that's like, you don't have as much, 
and you choose to spend that much of it, I would say that you really care about your car. <laughs> you decided to and buy the, the Cybertruck instead kid, of the house. You must not have a kid in college. <laughs> I mean, or, you're talking to someone here, me. We still drive a 2003 Honda Pilot. Yeah, yeah. So, I know. yeah. So if I see someone like that, I'm just going to say, you know what? You have different priorities than I do. And good for you. I mean, and in all honesty, people, it's just whatever. And you know what? Some people spend their money on the clothes. For yes. me, my thing is always good food. I yes. love, like, I, if there is a really good restaurant, you'll, I you'll, will spend, or a really, like, if I have, don't get to go on many, but when I do, being able to stay at a nice hotel. I've never yes. stayed at a Ritz, but I can get down with a little Hilton or Hyatt, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I just looked it up, so it's not as expensive, so the... All-wheel drive, so like yeah, 80? Like, yeah, I think yeah. it's closer to about 80,000 bucks. Yep. Okay, still That's ahead. It's not horrible, horrible. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Still yes, ahead. it is. <laughs> well, yeah, compared to... <laughs> compared, yeah. The chef yeah. bought a used minivan. Yeah, yeah I, drive my, really well. I drive my grandpa's Hyundai from 2009 that he bought when he could no longer drive a car that had any oomph to it. <laughs> so I'm putt-putting along. It's all good. We all, we all have our different things. Okay, still ahead, Mickey Gomez is going to join us, and we're going to be talking about millennial migration and... Where is Gen X? Where are they going? And we'll have that next on the G and Ursula Show. the G and Ursula show. G is out today. Angela Poe Russell is in. Just a reminder that you are a very important part of our show and we invite you to join us on the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line 888-973-5476-888-973 Cairo. 99.9% of our listeners who are on that text line are amazing. But every once in a while, we'll get one who's completely disrespectful or who resorts to name calling. And uh, just a reminder that if you are that person, don't be surprised if you're blocked. But right now, I would like to talk about Seattle being the top city to move to for one generation. But it also turns out that there is another generation that is disappearing Gen X is out and millennials are in. This old house analyst, Taylor Candeloro, breaks down the Census Bureau data. She says Gen Xers in their 40s were the largest group to leave Seattle in 2022, while a bunch of 30-somethings moved in. We can't confirm for sure based on the data available why exactly Seattle, but we do know that millennials are moving primarily for housing-related reasons. So why the Emerald City? Seattle presents probably a pretty solid option for folks who want that dense population field, but then you want to be able to get outside when you want to. Nashville came in number two for the millennial migration. San Antonio, number three, mostly because it's Austin's sister city. Candeloro explains why. Austin and Nashville specifically have strong like arts and music culture going. There's a lot to do. There's nightlife, but also tons of things to do during the day. And um, Austin specifically is a big tech hub. Just like the Jet City. But back to those 40-somethings. Where'd they go? 
the city that we saw have the biggest influx of Gen X or whose population influx was mostly Gen X, they were the primary uh, mover, was Henderson, Nevada. Why Henderson? Forbes is telling me that Nevada chooses not to levy any income taxes at the state level. So that might be part of it. That and warmer weather. Candeloro says the next round of numbers on who's moving where will be interesting. Once we have data for 2023, we might see those patterns change. Um, It might have been like a lot of optimism that pushed people to these big urban hubs where there's a lot of tech opportunity. She says labor market changes appear to be the driving force in who lives where. Mickey Gomez, Cairo News Radio. And Mickey is in studio live with us right now. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, so I love this. What I'm getting out of it is mm-hmm. people, young people, hear about the Seattle area and love what they hear, love right. what we have to offer over here. And so they come here and will rent. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like once you start looking at, okay, housing and you want to maybe dig in or uh, buy into this area it is too expensive yeah so many people in their 40s are looking elsewhere like arizona or uh, was it nevada nevada where they yeah. don't have to pay taxes were there, right were there were there other places that the gen xers were going other than nevada did they did she name the other cities or just kept them well living? the top three of course number one seattle and then uh and then you've got like we said um for for gen xers gen xers yeah oh, okay gen leaving. xers yeah. well where else did uh, we go the, to the south, warmer yeah. warmer places, states that don't have state taxes, where housing is more affordable. Um, boomers, partic- in particular, moved to places like New Mexico, Florida. The, Idaho the, is big. Yeah, Idaho is another big area. But what I found was that um, a lot of the Gen Xers my age were moving to Nevada. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, not bad. It's a quick flight. It if you is. want to come back to visit, hour and 10 minutes, hour and 30 um, if you can get a cheap flight, round trip, come back, visit your family in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, what, what also was interesting um, that, that we found in the data is that Seattle was not in the top 10 places to move for Gen Z, 18 to 26-year-olds. It's too expensive. It is too expensive. Not only that, but here, here's the thing. A lot of these Gen Z people, uh, they're kids. They're going to college. So they're moving to Washington, D.C. and Chicago. Mm. And what's interesting is that New York was the number one place for millennials back in uh the early 2000s, they about 45,000 of them left New York in search of more affordable housing. And they believe they found it here in Seattle because we had a huge influx. But the data for for next year for well, it's coming out next year for 2023 is going to be very telling to see how those millennials actually fared living here. Mm. So, you know, for me, when I first heard the headline to your story, Mm -hmm. I thought because I'm a Gen Xer, so I just thought I know exactly what people are thinking. It was like, holy moly, I'm getting ready to retire soon. Mm -hmm. Housing is the number one builder of wealth when you can own your home. And if Mm -hmm. you haven't been able to get in and build up that equity and have that um, resource, it's problematic. And that 40 age is when you start thinking that retirement's coming fast and the numbers aren't adding up and you have to do something quick. I think 30s, you can still, the millennials, they can still tell themselves they have time, they can pursue the job, the opportunity. The Gen Xers have to get serious. What was something also interesting about the data that Candeloro said is that in the Census Bureau data, a lot of the millennials were looking to build homes, build and not I don't mean like physically build a house, but 
to create a family and mm-hmm. to have like to really plant down some roots and to uh you know have children have the house have that that white picket fence so again next year's data will be really interesting to see if they could actually do that here and if not did they leave and where did they go and are we seeing our and maybe it's not uh something that you can answer based on mm-hmm. this particular uh, data that you were working with but are more people moving here than are leaving here or like are we net positive now well we're not uh, from what we can tell we are not net positive yet 45,000 gen xers moved from high from cities that just cost so much Mm -hmm. and that's just the people who reported that, because not everyone filled out the Census Bureau sure. information. But what, what they do know is that about 8 million people moved in 2022. And the labor force is what drove the move. We moved here in 2021, September of 2021, for a job mm-hmm. because the pay was higher. We knew that the living expenses were going to be almost the same as Dallas, Texas. I was going to say, you moved from Texas. Yeah, we moved from Dallas, though, which was, you know, high income earners. So we thought it would be the same, but then inflation hit. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a Gen X. I moved here. Mm -hmm. My wife is kind of millennial Gen Xer. But, you know, we we, we can't admit, whoa, it's expensive. I'm just barely in the Gen X. Yeah. Barely. Someone who was born in 1965. You're, you're, I'm like, right, you're right on the cusp. I'm on the cusp. You're on the, you're on the cusp. Is Boomer the next one? <laughs> and, then, and then there's the silent, after Boomer, there's the silent generation. And they're moving to states like Arizona, Texas, and Nevada. I, I could I get down. Do I have 30 seconds of to course, share yes. one other yes. thought? Mm-hmm. One other thought is I think about this topic of people moving. And, and Mickey, earlier in the show, we've been talking about how do we address the crisis with our teens right now? The mm-hmm. mental health challenges, violence, the crime, things like that. Yeah. And I think about what has happened with families separating and scattering Mm. all Mm. over the country Mm -hmm. and where people used to grow up and you stay, you know, I grew up next to my grandmother. You had support systems, you had villages, you had resources. Same in the Latino culture. Yeah. And I just, my family, we are totally scattered now. And I just wonder if there was some wisdom in that when people are able to kind of be a true family village. Yeah, There is a lot of wisdom and i i give credit to my in-laws and my parents for help i mean i i i had the had benefit. village i had a village yeah. raising kids when i was working so much see i do uh, not so i didn't either because i left my village Same. in texas we're going back really quickly 10 seconds we're going back next week and i told my wife and my kids we're not moving back we're staying here. Yes. Because, you know what? This yeah. is your home. It is my home. We you bought a home here. here. Yes. I love it here. Yes. Thanks, guys. Mickey, thank you. You're yep. welcome. Okay, still ahead, we hear you. And, of course, our words to live by. This is the GN Ursula Show. I moved here by myself.
just like that, we are at the end of our Thursday edition of the G and Ursula show. This edition was with Angela Poe Russell. And as always, it was a great pleasure to work with you. Honored to be here. So we're going to start and I'll uh, give you the honors of uh, starting off our text messages. Yes, we talked a lot on this show about the mass shooting in Kansas City. From the 206, we're no closer to resolving this issue than we were since Columbine. It is both a mental health and gun problem. Until we can universally accept that guns are part of the equation, then this will continue without a solution. Nick says it's not a matter of gun laws. Flat out. People's lives are demonstrably worse than they used to be in recent memory. Lift people up and make their lives better as a function of government. Susan in the 425, all the mental health services in the world doesn't change the ridiculously easy access to guns. 206 says, when the Texas governor invited the NRA to have their biggest show right after the Uvalde massacres, it was clear that our problem is this sick worship of guns. Photos from the NRA show uh, depicted dozens of children between the age of three to young teens holding mass kill weapons bigger than they were. Many were smiling, obviously equating that to be like their parents and make their folks and friends proud. It was just sick. Mm. Diane in Seattle, we need to have harsher penalties for anyone caught with a firearm who legally can't have a firearm, gets a prison term. And uh, she says, look at the three guys who had a shootout in downtown Seattle. They were not legally allowed to have firearms killed and permanently physically harmed people, but they just got minimal jail time. I like what you said, Angela, during our discussion. You, we, I was just plaintively asking, what can we do individually you know, instead of just going straight into our camps of, well, it's not going to happen because of this, it's not going to happen because of, what can we do individually? And you brought up a couple of ideas. Right. I just talked about, because a lot of people agree, like, oh, it's a parenting problem. And we we already know that so many folks don't have good parents or parents that are capable. It was like capable of taking good care of their kids. So then how do we as a community step up for them? I said, so whether it's mentoring, I mentioned Big Brothers, Big Sisters or supporting, you know, places like Treehouse, like there are things that we can do to try to make things a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. On the Alaska Airlines strike authorization, Christine and Renton said, this is insane how flight attendants don't get paid. These companies literally cannot operate without them. I'm sorry, I scrolled past the thing. We're- and then Danny and Kirkland said, I agree that they should get paid for the hours that they're required to be there, but no one goes into that profession for the high wages. They get into it for the flight benefits, which are great. It's not necessarily designed to be a job for the primary breadwinner. Okay, I'm not sure if I agree with that part. They knew exactly what they were getting into when they signed up. Oh, so I disagree, but we like to hear other yes, people's exactly. perspectives, yes. Danny. All right, so we also talked about the Russell Wilson back charter school that could close as the Why Not You Academy. Jeff and Bonnie Lake, charter schools don't have the same regulations as public schools. It isn't that they don't have the resources. They don't want those students. Well, this is, again, from Jeff. Public schools can't pick and choose students. Private charter can. Public schools follow oversight by the OSPI charter don't. On the fact that nearly 50% of America is single, 513 says the paradox of choice. It's hard to decide when you have a seemingly infinite amount to choose from. Well, wouldn't that be a bad problem to have? Well, that, that's the problem people do have with like, all these choices, but yet it doesn't seem like there was even an app called Plenty of Fish. Choices? I don't know if it's still around. Keep yes. swiping. Keep, keep swiping. <laughs> 
I don't like what you, you didn't text me quick enough, so I'm moving on. All right, Catherine in 360, I love this topic. I am so happily single. When the Valentine show was on yesterday, I realized I'm 100% okay being single. And let me tell you, dating after 40 for a woman is way more enjoyable to spend time with friends and family than the demographic that is single out there. I am not lonely at all with three exclamation marks. And then she says, Bellingham has got to be worse than Seattle. Men here either want to date 10 years younger or have Peter Pan syndrome. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. Bellingham guys, is that true? Want a mountain bike, smoke a bowl, and hit Baker? Oh <laughs> a my friend gosh. of mine. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, she's spilling the tea. Catherine says, a friend of mine legit dated someone that did not have indoor plumbing. He's been building a cabin for five years. No second date for that one. Okay, we have to have a He's dating handy. show based in Bellingham. I seriously we thought have to we have should a dating start show based like in Bellingham. a Gene Ursula show dating service. I know. For reasonable people who may not be of like minds. <laughs> seriously, I do a great job of matchmaking, by the way. You do. I really, really do. Okay, on a ton of people texted about this, but Beyonce's foray into country music uh, 425 says, what about Darius Tucker? He crossed over and was well-received. It gets, it's because Bay is a woman of color and they don't like her husband. She has a beautiful voice and not the typical Whitney CNW voice. Yeah, Tom in 253, I've been listening to country music for 50 plus years in Texas Hold'em, that is Beyonce's song. Um, he, he said, it is a country song. Unfortunately, racism is rampant in certain music genres. Look at Eminem in regards to becoming a rapper. I'm not a Beyonce fan, but it's a pretty good song. And with that, we are going to wrap up and uh, do our words to live by brought to you by Wilcox Farms. And I'm going to keep it simple. This is a quote from Norman Peel, who says, the more you practice the art of thankfulness, the more you have to be thankful for. And my heart just expanded on that one. I love that. I think it's so true. It is so true. What we focus on expands. Exactly. And that sense of gratitude. Exactly. Especially when times are tough or when you're hearing about really difficult things going on. It's just, okay, try to address what it is it that you are thankful for Mm. and that helps for sure. I'm I'm thankful thankful for for you. I was going to say I'm I'm thankful thankful for you. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you. I'm not going to be here tomorrow but you will be. Yes. Chef will be. Nick Nick. will be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick, you're going to take us out here. Well, yeah. Most musicians stick to certain styles and careers whether staying with a genre or a fashion through the years but sometimes an artist branches out and tries a different tune like the Sasha Fierce Beyonce tasting country with her spoon. It's certain what it comes Constant with whatever route she picks. All the fans forever love her creativity that sticks. Some things will never change. With the pro athletes, however, changes few and far between. But it sounds like cornhole leagues are shaking up the sporting scene. The more things change, the more they stay the same. So true. Nick, thank you so much. Stick around, y'all. The Jack and Spike show is coming up next, and they always have great entertainment, a fabulous show. Have a great Thursday. Hope you have as much fun as we have. So long, everybody. Said, hey, old man, how can you stand to think that way? Did you really think about it before you made the rules? He said, that's just the way it is. Some things have never changed.